Hello, and welcome to another episode of a German and an Aussie review a movie. Now, in keeping with our general theme of doing a lot of horror movies, we'll be reviewing the latest instalment of the Scream franchise, and it's getting to be a long and tired franchise, this one, and it's Scream 6. First of all, we'll start off with a general, what did you think of it? So, Gregor, what were your initial thoughts about this movie after watching it? <laughs> Should we maybe give a quick summary? Yes, for those who aren't quite sure what's going on, but I'm pretty sure most people will know. But You would be surprised. You would be surprised. Take it away, Gregor. Since it's a lot of parts, I think it helps to give a quick summary. So there were the original three screen movies, which I really like, late 90s, uh, early 2000s. So then they did like very late fourth part um, with most of the actors from the early movies in the 2010s. And now what they did, what is quite popular, is that about a year ago, they kind of restarted the whole Scream franchise. It's uh, about basically a new group of teenagers and uh, high schoolers, and they kept some of the original Scream characters. And this is basically now the second part of this reboot. But to keep it in order, it's Scream 6. Now, Scream, as hopefully most or all of you know, is basically a horror movie series and the main villain is always uh, masked with a ghost face mask, always a different person or multiple persons. This time he's hunting the new teenagers or high schoolers in New York. That's where we're at. Hope that's not too complicated. I know that there are quite some people out there who don't really like to watch horror movies, but still like to listen to other people talking about it, especially if it's that competent and hilarious as we too. <laughs> yes, it's a laugh a minute here. Okay, well, I'll give my overall impression of this movie. I thought it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> like, wow. I it was just awful on so many levels. I thought the acting was terrible. I thought the script was terrible. I thought there were so many lapses in logic. I thought it was trying to be witty and funny, and it wasn't. I didn't think it was actually very scary either. I thought the whole ghost face running around in the background, you know, while the background's blurred and you'd have ghost face running around, I thought was not frightening at all. Some of the kills, are, they're fairly gruesome. They're fairly gruesome. It's more a product of the sound effects more than anything else. And far too long. It might have been better if it had like 40 minutes cut off it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Got to let that sink in. I actually quite like the movie. But it's, uh, I guess, the Aussie and the German perspective. What did you like about it? Like, seriously, what? <laughs> like, what did you like? So first of all, I like that they changed the setting. So they moved to New York now um, in most of the screen movies the setting is this small town which name i forgot now of course it's set in a typical american suburb basically and this time they changed it completely and moved to a big city i thought that made quite for some uh, good scenes there's uh which i thought great action scene in like a corner shop slash bodega another one i thought was quite well shot in a metro in like the new york metro which is I can tell you scary enough, uh, even without killers there. So didn't need to add much there. The last time I was in New York, which was probably about oh, gee, 10 years ago now, I can remember being on the New York subway and the woman next to me was feeding her baby a bottle of Coke. <laughs> so that's my memories of the New York subway. Yeah, my subway experience uh, was actually less funny and uh, more gruesome because there was a guy just last year actually uh, taking a shit right next to us in the metro. There's this areas between the, the carriages 
yeah, where yeah. you're not allowed to go outside. And luckily, he, were, he was so nice, went outside this carriage and then took a shit. <laughs> Hands down. I'm not sure if I would be rather hunted by the ghost face killer or that uh, still undecided. Well, I can't top that sort of like story, but nevertheless. Look, I thought the subway scene was pretty good, but overall it was really terrible. And I hated the scene in the bodega because they were trying to pretend, you know, that they were hiding. In, and like the bodega is really tiny. Like they're not huge. You know, you've got all these people going, where are they hiding? You know, while the ghost face looks for them. And it's like, you couldn't move around without being seen or heard in one of those things. I was interested to see Jenna Ortega in this one as Tara Carpenter. As many of you will probably know it there, Jenna's a little bit of a thing at the moment because she was in Wednesday, the recent series about Wednesday Adams, and she was really, really good. It was a well-written role and it looked really good and everything. But the interesting thing to see her in this is how small she is in comparison to everyone else. I realise she wasn't very tall, but like she's not even up to their shoulders. And in a lot of the clips, when she's talking to someone and they put the focus on her face, she's actually looking up at them all the time. I didn't realise how tiny she is. Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about the movie before you watched it. I think that was like the the first thing I, I said to you, that she's so big at the moment in terms of popularity uh, with Wednesday and Scream. And she was in uh, the Netflix show, You. Yeah, she's in, she's in a lot of things at the moment, hosted SNL recently. Yeah, in this movie, I also realized it is a bit weird to see her with uh, grown up people. There's this uh, scene early on in the movie where she is at that party and she just goes rogue because she and her sister, played by Melissa Barrera, they survived the first movie and, and are, of course, a bit traumatized by it. Then she just decides to go upstairs with this guy. And uh, the guy is like double her size. And you just think like, can someone please call Child Protection Service because this seems so wrong. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, she's just that small. As you mentioned, um, Melissa Barrera plays her sister. They just look nothing alike. There was no connection to that. There was not believable in any way, shape or form that they were sisters. They didn't yeah. even look alike. They didn't relate to each other as sisters. I thought Jenna Ortega is quite a good actress and I felt she was out acting practically every other person in the show and much more believable than any of the other sort of young people. It was nice to see Courtney Cox on screen, I must say, but I think her recent plastic surgery was one of the scarier aspects of the show. Uh, she certainly looks nothing like she used to. Not that you would expect that, you know, what a 50, 60-year-old woman would look the same as she's 20. She has a very distinctive post-surgery look, which was a little bit sad, I thought. It is a bit, I have to say, unfortunately, as well, it is a bit off-putting. We watched it on a big screen in, uh, in the cinema, and it's just hard to uh, focus on her role and ignoring all the, all the surgeries. It was interesting also to see Dermot Mulroney as a policeman. You may not remember, Gregor, but he was the best friend in Julia Roberts's rom-com My Best Friend's Wedding. Do you remember that? Ah, wow. Very vaguely. I, I definitely know the guy. He's been in a couple of things, but uh, not like as a big actor, more like the side character. So I guess that's maybe his most famous role then. Great yes, movie. And, and the thing was, I can remember when that came out and he and Julia were both really pegged to be really big. You know, she was sort of on a way, but he was like going to be the next... Hollywood hearts Robin, for whatever reason, it never really came off. I was a bit surprised to see, a, you know, like a little bit of a cameo from Skeet Ulrich, Earl Rich, who was in the first screen movie. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And he was um, another person that was pegged to be, you know, another Johnny Depp or Brad Pitt. And it never came off there either. Yeah, you would think so, right? He looks very much like... Um, Johnny Depp, I think he had that look about him back in the day. Yeah, Johnny Depp uh, or even a little bit uh, Joaquin Phoenix's brother who died from an overdose. Oh, River. River. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it was interesting to see a couple of, you know, older faces that have been kicking around. Um, but having I said that... Sorry, I, I find it's I find it's quite interesting about these uh, new movies as well because they are focusing now on new teenagers, younger people. But you kind of feel that the main audience is like people my age, so millennials or uh, generation mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Exactly, it's kind of funny because we are basically talking about the characters from the first part, like Courtney Cox. The young characters uh, are kind of in there, but I feel like they are a little bit replaceable and also a bit forgettable. That being said, I really like the movie, so I don't want to sound too negative. I've seen the last movie about a year ago, and I honestly completely forgot about all the characters they brought back from this movie. Yes, I know what you mean. I don't think the people that they picked as work as an ensemble and sort of modelly looking characters, that you expected the, half of them to get killed. Yeah, one of my big issues with the movies. We're going into spoiler territory here now for anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled. I generally like the movie. I like the setting, so it was interesting, fresh. I um, like the story for the most part. I thought it was set up quite clever. Oftentimes you didn't necessarily expect the killer to show up. There was not a lot of room to breathe. I saw the great opening scene. The big issue I have with the movie is no one dies. It goes so far that there is a one of the main characters is stabbed by two Ghostface killers, actually multiple times. And it's so obvious that he's dead. And then in the end, he's just like being pushed into an emergency car and giving a thumbs up. And you feel like, did they just edit that in post because people want him to survive? That's just ridiculous. That That really, really bothered me. So one of the problems I had with this movie was that, you know, various characters, particularly the main ones, were getting stabbed multiple times in like the stomach, the arm, the leg. And then they would just get up and climb up a ladder or run around or have a conversation at the end. But I wasn't sure if that was the joke. There was just terrible continuity problems. I just wasn't sure what it was. I get that it's a bit of a running joke, like you say, that the killer gets like uh, shot and stabbed and he flies against walls and he flies downstairs and he flies through windows and uh, he always uh, is still alive and stands up. And uh, and they, that's literally the scene in Scream 3 where they're like, shoot him in the head, shoot him in the head, because otherwise he's not going to die. That was always fun of the killer. Now it feels like every character is that way. So basically, unless you see them decapitated, I guess. They are still alive. There's a. I saw the good scene where, where Courtney Cox obviously gets killed by a ghost face. Traumatic. Yeah, it made you a bit sad in the end. It felt like the right uh, way to let her character go. I know, of course, in the end, she's alive as well. Like, this, come on. It I feels know, like I they, was like, didn't she die? You know what I mean? Like, it feels yeah, like they just keep everyone because they are like, oh, we might need them to market the next parts. Yeah, well, it's... Yeah, there was definitely some lack of believability in terms of the stabbings, that's for sure. Did you pick at some stage who was responsible? Not really. I thought it was a bit weird when a police officer played by Dermot Mulroney from my best friend's wedding um, just casually mentioned, oh, now I lost my daughter just like I lost my son before. 
and it was kind of never uh, talked about again. To be honest, that wasn't enough to qualify him as the murderer, as he is, and only one is one of them. What did you think about the the reveal? Did you guess it? Did it make any sense to you? Is it important well, you at all? Well, really, you couldn't technically guess the whole reveal. You could, I guess, the detective Dermot Mulroney, he was in on it. I guess that. Whenever there's like a middle aged guy <laughs> who's like quite sort of like tough and rough in these sort of shows, he's always the bad guy. Like they did it in Murder Mystery Two. They did it in, in Glass Onion. Whenever that character's in there, you just know. He's going to be involved in it in some way. You just do. In a way, I thought for some time they're making a little bit like a new Dewey character. I guess it's it's a bit of a trend more recently. It wasn't like that in the past. I thought normally this person in the past would always get killed at some point. Yeah, or save someone, you know, shoot them just as they're about to get killed or something like that. Which the exactly. other female detective played by, who was that girl? Hayden. Hayden Panettiere, um, which Did made like know? a comeback after being one time in Scream 4. I picked him, but there's no way you could pick who's doing it anyway. It's impossible. So they all come out at the end and they explain it for about 15 minutes what's going on. I feel like the reveal is for me mostly the least interesting part of a Scream movie. And it's rarely good, I feel like. You kind of, you're always a little bit guessing and excited for it. And then in the end, you're like kind of realizing how little it actually matters. And the, and the explanation is always this weird family history going back to the first murderer, Billy Loomis. I don't really care. But the movie was a very fun ride until that. And also the finale was pretty good, I thought. I liked the setting, uh, except no one dying. That is a big <laughs> criticism. But you don't know that if you're uh, li not listening to the spoiler part and watch the movie. So I hope you didn't do that. But did you think it was just too long? I don't know. I feel like I had a great experience because we were in a theater at night and we were the only people. And for me, that was just amazing. That's like, I want to have, I want to go to the cinema. I want to support cinemas, but I often don't like other people being there. So I hate these annoying kids in horror movies or people playing on their phone, crumpy old man yelling at a cloud. Well, for me, I was just watching it at home while I was burning my chops and the kitchen smoke alarm was going off. It sort of took a bit away from it as well. There's this trend for long movies. Like, you know, the new Little Mermaid? That's two hours and 15 minutes. That's quite a lot. Super important story. Sure. Can't tell enough it's about an example it. example of like a kid's movie running for two hours. Have you ever taken a child to a movie? Because I have. And there's no way they're going to sit down for two hours and 15 minutes. It's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. New uh, Martin Scorsese movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, is three and a half hours. I just think that's insane, and especially at a time when people's attention spans are shorter than probably what they've ever been. Mine is definitely shorter. But you are a typical uh, Gen Z teenager all the time on TikTok, so... Well, maybe that's just early dementia. <laughs> <laughs> that that might well be... be. Very well done. Okay, maybe let's try to meet a little bit in the middle here. Because I'm I'm honestly a bit shocked that you, you hated the movie so much. I agree with you that the young characters are pretty forgettable. Chana Ortega being the best one. Melissa Barrera I found very nice to look at, so maybe I <laughs> didn't look so much on her acting. I think she's very good in the physical scenes, and uh, I googled her. I'm sure, and, uh, that. I'm sure that's what you were looking at. Too. Hey, I mean her physical acting. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Not only nice to look at, but also a great physical actor. And she played in a lot of dance movies, like in The Hates, um, for example. 
Uh, no, I haven't seen it uh, either, to be honest. I love Hamilton, but not enough to uh, watch musicals regularly. Didn't you like the action scenes? Like, uh, there's also, I saw the quite captivating scene where they have to climb over a ladder between uh, two buildings. Yeah, yeah, look, that wasn't too bad, but I just thought you weren't invested enough in the characters for Star to really care. It was another one of those movies, and it's another. It's a real trend now where everything was dark. Like, everyone's houses only had a lamp on. There's no light at night. Like, you know, Courtney Cox is being chased around by a maniac and her boyfriend's just been killed, and they're practically in a dark black. I don't know if you've ever been in a place. Like, I've been broken into once, and the first thing you do is turn all the lights off. You know, yeah. like, I came home and the back door was smashed in. So the first thing you do is think, is someone still in the house? And you turn all the lights off. You just wander around, you know, with the moonlight glittering through the window and one lamp in the corner. Tough role also for Courtney Cox's boyfriend. I think he's in the movie about five seconds. <laughs> he's like, I thought that was another weird thing, that you've got all these quite petite sort of women getting stabbed and beaten up. They, they just can't go down. And then some, you know, like bodybuilder guy that's six foot four just disappears off screen and he's gone without any yeah. struggle at all exactly he just like that he's gone and then courtney cox fights for her life it also a really good scene i thought but yeah of course yeah, she was, survives that, i must admit i did think that was one of the better scenes what's your overall view on the scream series have you have you watched all the movies i look when i saw the first one like i can remember the press for it and it was like built up to be a really big thing and that it was really you know groundbreaking but i didn't actually think it was when i went and saw it but i did like that opening scene with drew barrymore i thought that was really frightening but it was supposedly you know ironic and self-referential and all that sort of stuff but i just don't think it really was like it just seemed like another slasher movie with the revelation and some pop references about hey this is where you know the person gets killed and you know but but having said that it's obviously had an influence and it had a lot of really interesting actors in it you know like you had rose mcgowan and drew barrymore more and skeet and and that other guy that played the other murder i can't think of his name he's quite a quite a strange looking guy he was big at that time as well i remember who you mean yeah yeah but and of course just, courtney cox yeah she was huge i've just lost interest in it to be honest like i just don't find the whole series i watched the second one i remember thinking it was rubbish and i never watched anything else beyond that it's that thing where they just beat they just flog it to death in true american style they just beat the living daylights out of it Maybe it's better if you see it with a bit of distance because uh, I couldn't watch it in theater at that time. Um, even I'm too young for that. But I quite enjoyed them watching watching them at home and on the weekends. Uh, I've seen, I think, all three of them multiple times. But the first one is not my favorite either. I especially like the third one. They are like in Hollywood and they're basically making a movie about what happened in the first movie and they're rebuilding the house it's so self-referential it, it kind of works for me at times they are overdoing it a, a little bit and and i really thought in this part i like that they changed the location uh, i feel like these are the best screen movies because i've said always just stay in the town it's just like something you've already seen before did you miss the uh, Sydney Jarrett, uh, played by Neff Campbell, because she was in the last one, so in this reboot of Scream, but she didn't take part in that one because apparently they didn't pay her enough or whatever was the issue, or her role wasn't big enough. But uh, yeah, she uh, stepped out the project. She's in, you know, in another one of my favorite horror films, The Craft. She was a bit of a Hollywood it girl, you know, 20 years ago. Um, I remember but, that movie gave me tingly feelings as a teenager when I watched it in the late 90s. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I just remember thinking it was a good solid horror film, and I enjoyed it. So no, I thought Jenna was a good stand-in for the next It Girl. I thought she was good. I thought she did a good job. But once again, I thought her acting was almost too good for the movie. Yeah. So we'll have to wrap this up with a, a Sterner rating. I'd give it one Sterner out of five, this one. Yeah, personally, I think that is very hard. But uh, agree to disagree, I guess. Um, I would give it a three and a half uh, out of five. But to be fair, I watched it already a couple of weeks ago. I had to retrace quite a lot of uh, the movie because it is uh, very entertaining, but in my opinion, very entertaining, but uh, forgettable. Well, I'm afraid we won't be able to agree on this one, but I do have something interesting. I have a YouTube channel to recommend to you if you're a Scream fan, because it's it's called Grim Life Collective, the name of the people that run it. Their latest YouTube video is we rented the screen house filming locations then and now. It's like slightly gothic-y sort of couple that go around and they just do fantastic things. They go to movie locations, do then and nows, they're horror fans. But they also go to all these other things, like they go to like Kurt Cobain's house where he was found dead and like they just go to all these, and they just travel around America. They give really interesting insights. They have like you know, side by sides of this is what the house looked like now and this is what it looks like then and this is what it was in the movie. And they do poltergeist. I spent a, a couple of days watching loads of things that they did and they're really charismatic and fun and they don't just do movie things. Here's one now. I'm just looking at their uh, channel. And it's got like the Paul Walker crash site and grave, Conjuring House, Bram Stoker's Dracula screen-worn costumes. They get some amazing things to do. So I really, really thoroughly recommend, if you're a horror fan, it's really interesting. Yeah, it sounds like not a um, plan for our uh, big US trip that will be coming up. Maybe we can uh, we can keep it short on the real murder sites. I think that's more your uh, genre, like with the Kennedy Street in Dallas and the Paul, Paul Walker murder inside. Uh, sorry, Paul oh, Walker oh, another inside. Place I have to mention it is they go to where Pet Cemetery was filmed, the original one. That's pretty cool. I would like to see that. Yeah. Do you remember that scene where he goes up and there's like a flat thing with a big star and he puts the bodies of the child and his wife down? That's actually a real thing. Well, like it's still nice. there. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, um, I think I'll have to peg it off and uh, bring my cat to the pet cemetery and uh, <laughs> let you know next time what happened. Your German cat.